I can only ruin it from here. <laughs> yeah, Lord, I just want to thank you for this incredible morning that we get to come together. And I want to thank you for your body, Lord. Thank you for your church. Thank you that we can come from our homes, sing together, here I am to worship with other people. But thank you also that we get to go into this town and touch so many different areas in this town that needs love. One of these areas, what Delanda just shared with us. Use us as we go out and help us as we come to worship you, to grow into the image of Jesus. We bless you this morning. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, everyone. My name is Werner. I'm one of the pastors here. I get to preach this morning. It's awesome to see you, see you guys here. It's by smiles for Ochen. That's why I gave the mic to Alanda after that video, because I can't speak after videos like that. But we get to, to help. Isn't it incredible? I was just um, having coffee with Alanda this week, and she was sharing with me how these young mothers actually change and how they grow when they realize how they are loved by the Lord and how they grow in their love for this baby that's coming. And one of the ways the Lord shows his love is when strangers come around you and just start to love you and care for you. Isn't that incredible? So if, that, if you want to connect with Alanda, just meet with, at the connect table afterwards. Okay, we're busy with a sermon series called City to City. And what we've been doing the last month and a half is we, we've been looking at the city of Corinth, all right, to where the letters was, writ, was written, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. Um, and we're looking at Armanus. And we see some incredible similarities in these cities, both by the sea, both by the ocean. Uh, for interesting sake, the city of one of Corinth, about eight, nine times the size of Hermanus. Massive city, bigger than Paul, the battle. Eh? Um, 500,000 people without GPS, without cars. It must be something incredible to see. And in this city, there was some problems. We preach on some of them. You can go back and find it if you want to. Um, one of the things that was evident in this town is it was, it was a mixed bag. It was licorice all sorts. You've got people from all over the world, different languages, different histories, trying to come together to have church. And then you find that challenges in the church. One of the issues they had, for example, is when they came um, to have communion, they had cliques. So those who who were of the same social or economical status would come early and have communion with one another. And then when some of the poorer members came, there was nothing for them to share in. All right? Uh, one of the other things we remember about the city is that it was a city well known for Greek rhetoric debating. So these people were, were exceptionally swayed by extravagant speakers. And it was actually a skill in that time to see whether you can sway a crowd, cause a crowd to applause, cause a crowd to cheer, cause a crowd to be sad. That would be your gift. And so when the church was born in that place, you'd find an interesting type of things in the church. Some people would say, no, that's my leader. That's a great guy. He's my leader. And other people in the church would say, no, no, but that's my leader. And then the Apostle Paul would come, listen, the one who sows 
the one who reaps not really anything. It's actually God that causes the growth. We need to turn our eyes away from man to the Lord. And so we, we were trying to draw lines from Corinth to Hermanus. And this morning, we're going to look at the chapter of love, 1 Corinthians 13, which we find between two chapters that deals with the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we must understand what took off in the city when these people discovered the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was something they boasted in, all right? It was the, the gifts exploded, but it's almost like the gift moved away from love as they took some of the manners of the city into the church. And right between these two chapters, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, we find the chapter on love, which is very difficult to preach on, by the way, because if you've, if you've been a Christian for longer than a couple of years, you've heard this before at many weddings, maybe at your own one. Who had this preach at their own wedding? Come on, be honest. There's nothing wrong. It's a great, great message. But the, the challenge is just preaching on, on this and on Psalm 23 is people know it. You know, it's like when you see that movie come on that you've seen before, like, ah, bay. But Scripture has a way of coming into our hearts again and again and again. And sometimes we say, "Geez, how have I missed this for the last 30 years? And I hope this morning that the chapter will once again just pierce into our hearts. Tik nie die ouwe langs jou en sê, is jy wakker? Moe nie die channel switchie. Alright, let's read together. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. That's an insult, by the way. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and when he says this, you're hitting a nerve in Corinth. Well, you don't give it alles, no? And I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I have not love. I am Nothing. It's another insult. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. If I give away all, oh, I did that, verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bear all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Right. Now, just, just two things about love. Just as a little bit of a background to get our minds in gear. Then I'm going to ask us three questions. This sermon is called The Three Questions Love Asked. But there's a lot more in this chapter. I'm just taking, like taking feathers out of a cap. I just landed on one or two things to get us going this week, all right? But first I want to say, this chapter starts with saying the following. If I speak in tongues of men, it's something I can do. It's a gift I have and of angels, but I have not love. We can go to slide number two, please. That'll be great. But I have not love. 
I am a noisy gong. Okay, so, so I've got a skill here, but I have not love. Therefore, there's an emptiness in it. Okay, it's what the Apostle Paul is saying. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and even if I have all faith as to remove mountains, I've some serious faith and skills there. Prophetic powers, I understand all mysteries, I've got knowledge, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I am committed, next level commitment, I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Serious words, and, and, and what the Apostle Paul is, sa- is trying to say is trying to give us an understanding of how love works, and also how the world works with love. And, and here's the first thing we tend to make, a mistake we tend to make. Mankind makes this error, and we, I make that error, you make this error, we all do it. We tend to make up what is lacking in us by what we can do. Okay, we, we tend to take love and significance to the exterior. Okay, because I can speak in tongues and because I can prophesy, surely that means I am significant. I mean, come on, have you seen my gifts? This is something I can do, that is something I can do. People applaud me for this. They say, well done. Surely I have significance. But Paul says, if I have these things, but I have not love, I am nothing. And so an error we make is we look at the exterior to sometimes cover up a lack in the interior. Are you with me this morning? Let me give you one example for it. It's sometimes the invisible things that's most important. I'm just telling an example. I'm not thinking of any of you, okay? Woman leaves her husband. She says, I'm leaving you because you do not love me. Okay, it's a story told on a thousand mountains. The husband replies. He says, what? I go to work for you every single day. And you know it, even on weekends. For who do I go to work for? For you and the children to give you the life you want, the life you desire. Look at this place. It is set up to protect who? You. I am doing this for you. Okay, we've heard it. But she maybe does not have the words, but what's going on inside of her is, but when he's here, he's not kind. Yeah, we have these things, but when he's here, he, he It's not an atmosphere of patience. We are scared. We're afraid. When will he explode again? You see, what the writer is trying to help us to discover is many of the hidden parts of love, they are the core essentials of love. And the things we do come later. The error we make is we replace a lack on the inside and point to things we do on the outside. But if I have not love, I am empty. Clinging symbol, I am nothing. Now, if you at this moment feel, shucks, I'm stuck in a sermon and I'm going to end up in trouble yet, don't worry. I've been in trouble the whole week preparing for this, okay? And I'll share some of my failings to make you feel better. But, but first we need to understand about love. It is the intangible parts of love that seems to be the most important. 
it's the unsaid, the thing. That's not always what we say, but how we say it that people pick up. Are you with me this morning? All right, let's go on. Another thing about love, just for a, for a, for a background. Jesus says, he says, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you must be perfect. What he's saying is aim for something higher. Aim to be like Jesus, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, um, I want to just contrast biblical love with worldly love. And I know it's a tough thing to do. Because strictly speaking, God created the world, and God is a God of love. Therefore, what He reveals love to be, that is what it is, and everything else is not love. Yet, in this world, we use the term. So, for the lack of, for the lack of words, there's such a thing as love in the world. Okay. And it differs from biblical love. Let me explain to you. In this world, love can be used as a commodity. How does it work? We change commodities. I give you something, you give me something. Okay, I will love you, but I expect you to love me. Okay, that's a commodity. I give it to you. you Should there be reciprocity in love? Yes, yes, but it is more than that. Okay. I am going to be kind to you. I expect kindness of you to me. Are you with me? All right. Now, let me, let me teach you something about yourself. When you go into a shop, you will probably rather go into the shop where the people are loving and kind than the shop where people are rude. It pays to be loving. It is a commodity. If you take love to your shop, you will do better than when you, it's not in there. Are you with me? In that case, your love is serving you well. It is a currency. And you should be kind and loving. Love can be used as a deal closer. You come with love, yes, you know exactly how to do it. But biblical love is something much deeper. It says, you've heard it says, love your neighbor or love those who love you, but I will tell you, love your enemy. So how does biblical love differ from worldly love? In the world, love is a commodity to be exchanged. In the Bible, biblical love, love is a grace to be given without expecting something back in return. There's a massive difference between a commodity and between a grace. What do you do with biblical love? You give it to all types of problematic receivers without expecting them to respond in a certain way. Christ died once for his enemies while they were still sinners. The righteous died for the unrighteous. Okay. Biblical love. Now, just remember that. It is different. Right. Now, with that in mind, we're going to put our hearts through a test. Three questions this morning. 
to help ourselves grow in love. Because we want to aim for perfection. We want to aim to be like Jesus. Isn't that true? So let me start with this. It's tough, you know, Louis. <laughs> Slide number seven. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. So I want to take a feather out there. And, and I want to ask the following question. First question love asks is, is your kingdom known for kindness? Okay, kingdom with a little K, your kingdom, your life, your sphere, your family, your work, your business. Right, your name on the streets of Hermanus, is it known for kindness? Now, what happened in Corinth is you had a group of people coming early for communion. They didn't like the other, other people. So there was some kindness, but it was like load shedding, okay? They turned the kindness on when the people came they liked. Hey, let's have communion. They feasted together. They even got drunk, and they didn't share with the others. So they could say, hey, look how kind I am. Here's my friend. Here's my friend. We share kindness. But what about those people that's still coming? No, no, we don't. You see, there's a difference between being kind in a moment, acting in kindness, in a situation. There's a big difference between that and being kind in essence, which means it goes with you wherever you go. Now, there's a problem for me there. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I said it to the first service as well. I'm putting myself to the test. What I'm doing here right now, okay, it's easier and less, it takes less self-sacrifice for me to do what I'm doing right now than to constantly live in kindness at my home. Please hear what I'm saying. When I am standing here, I'm walking in my God-given gift. I access my gift. God has grown in me some skills. I need some time to pray, be in the Word, and I can practice my gift. If I can speak in tongues, if I can prophesy, have all knowledge, those are the gifts. This is my gift. But sometimes when I go home, I need to stand by the trampoline in the sun for three hours. And it creates a problem for me. <laughs> because I don't want to be in the sun for three hours. And just as I take Riva out of the sun, she says, Papa, can you see my dilemma? It is much easier for me to quickly go to Mikru, open my laptop, and work on a sermon and to constantly stand in the sun. You see, kindness will put you to the test. Has love worked its way in your life that you can say about yourself, don't say to, don't boast about your gifts to other people, speak to yourself, like, would you say about yourself, yes, I'm a kind person or not, if not, love is, needs to work deeper, now, you might want to take the risk and ask one or two good friends, am I perceived as a kind person, now, if, they, if they're not good friends, they will say yes, but ask your real good friends, it'll be honest with you, is your kingdom known for kindness? Has it started a work in you? How often do I fail? 
daily. But let's pick up the aim, everyone. We are after Jesus Christ. We are also different, okay? We've got different personalities. Some of us storm into a crowd of people we don't know. Others run around the corner in the grocery store like there's gone. And so sometimes we, we, we can exercise kindness in different ways. So let me test you at both ends, because you might have trouble on one side. Some of us, we're good at being kind with people we know really well, like our family. The longer you are on a holiday, the more natural it comes to you to help mom, help the children. You grow in kindness as you come closer to people. For some of us, the opposite is true there. Die family, die familie gaan kom kijken, maar om Johnny sê, wat denk van die vis? Net vir drie dagen, wat gaan hy? Hy vrot van die kop af, maar na drie dagen, dan moet hulle familie wegwees of so iets, okay? Because the longer you are with those who are always in your life, that kindness is out the back door. We are different. Others, we are extremely kind to strangers, because we've got no history with them, you see. I mean, you and that waiter, you give a scripture, you give an encouragement, you are very kind, but as soon as you grow with people in a relationship, you tend to pick up a fence. Where's your challenge? Test both sides. Some people cannot be strange to, uh, uh, cannot be kind to strangers because you're constantly feeling like, I don't know, people have something against you, they're going to come for you. But God wants us to grow in kindness in a way that we give it as grace wherever we are. Known for love. At one stage we had this thing in town, known for love. One can say known for kindness. Love is kind. It's the same thing. Sometimes it's easy to say, oh, I've got love in my life, but it's harder when you break it down. You go to kindness. Are you with me? You sit on that. How are you doing? How's your kingdom doing? Dads, here's a challenge I'm going to give you because I have been challenged and on my knees this week. Yes, you are successful at work. Yes, you do well there. Yes, you execute. But when you go home, are you still kind with your own family? Because if we test, if we take the test of time, it seems to carry more weight than how much you can provide, whether there's kindness in the home. So I've come to the conclusion that it is my responsibility that we have a home of kindness. And sometimes I come there, I'm like, Lord, I'm really failing, but now I, wanna, I want you to help me, to ask you to help me. Why? Because we want to grow. Grow in love. Grow in kindness. Is your kingdom known for kindness? Is that okay? Okay. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It's interesting the wording there. It doesn't say because of love you should not envy. It said love does not envy. It's, it's Envy is something that is of a different substance of love. If, if, if love is this, then envy is not this. It's not a command from love. Hey, please don't envy. Once you grow in love, it tends to expel envy because they do not live together. They're of different substances. Okay? Now, I want to I read us something because this will really, really help us. But it shall not be so among you, Jesus says, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. 
And whoever would be first among you must be the slave of all. Even the Son of Man, even Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So, so Jesus, the King of the world, he is love. He is the word. Love does not ask to be served. Love serves. Are you with me? Okay. Now, here is something to help us. Let me ask the question, and then we'll go from there. The question is as follows. Is your heart and wallet free from envy? Is your, do you have peace in your heart, and do you have generosity in your pocket? It's a question. Now, imagine, imagine yourself... This, this, this is the American dream. Okay? The American dream is arriving to a place where the day breaks and you are content. That's the American dream. It, it, it's arriving to the day where you say, I'm happy. But you see, the way you mobilize people is that day is always somewhere in the future. Alas, I'll have mira. What if you can wake up tomorrow morning and say, man, I, I, I am full. What if you can look at, at your husband or at your wife and say, you know what, I, I am full. I'm thankful for this house with the leak. You know what, I, I, I'm, I am happy. It's the dream we all want. It's right here, but we need to get it. And I'm going to help us with that. Looking at the example of Jesus, there's something we need to pick up here. You, you will never compete with the one you are serving. Listen carefully. They, they do not live together. You will never compete with the one you are serving. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. He comes from the heaven. He's the richest person in the world. Walks with the poor people. Doesn't care. Love the poor, the broken, the lonely, the sick, and the children. What he next? He doesn't register envy. Because he did not come to compete. He came to serve. If you and I, if we want to be free from this, if we want love to do that work... We need to report for duty as servants of God and of His bride and of His people. And we will be free. We will be free. Is your heart content? Are you generous? That is what love does. It works in us. Isn't that incredible? The day you subconsciously start to compete with your friend, it's the day when your love for your friend starts to dwindle. Because love does something different. How important is it to eradicate this in our hearts, in our, in our church, in our lives? Imagine you can be free tomorrow morning. Isn't that incredible? Just an incredible thought. Now, I just want to say on this, love helps us 
and leads us to freedom. It does not envy. It helps us to be free. But envy also helps us. It also tells you and me, I will help you. Here's what you do. This is what envy says. You will be free. Look at that friend of yours or those people. Okay, okay, all right. Look at what they're doing. If you get there, you will be free. Oh, but then you get there and then, shucks. No, 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 uh, sorry, I made a mistake. It's not that one. If, you, if you're like those people, okay, and you give it, your, you put your back into it. I mean, even if it costs you, your, even if it almost costs you your marriage, and if you get there, you will find love. You get there, like, shucks, not that. You see, envy will promise and promise and promise and promise. But love does not envy. You can be free just where you are. But it takes faith. What a thought. What if a church says, okay, we are formally dismissed and 500 servants drench into the town. Hey, we're here to love and care. We don't register competition and register envy because that's not love. What are we aiming for? What are we teaching our children? Last one. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. If you want to take that feather out, I, I skipped past a lot. It's too big for one morning. Love bears all things. Are you ready, it's a question love asked, to carry what Jesus gives you? Okay? Are you ready to carry? Because love bears all things. Are you ready to carry and endure on the journey that the Lord has placed before you? Because you know what love does? It doesn't stop. It carries on. It absorbs. And because it is fit to serve, it doesn't move away in offenses so quickly. It tends to be tough. Love is a lot more robust than hate or being psyched out. It actually lives past many disruptions and failings and disappointments because love is actually extremely, it's the toughest force there is. And so when you say, for example, okay, we, we, we love bears all things, we, we, we move into that area when, when you got married. You're literally saying, okay, if, you, if we, <laughs> the doctor needs to amputate both your legs, and I have to bear you, I will do it. If you become so weak at one stage that you should be in a, in a, in a chair, whether that is in our 20s or in our 70s, there will be someone who will bear you. I know the Lord loves you without an end, but I am his representative on earth, and so I will bear you. There's nothing like love. Don't look for a person that can lift a heavy weight, whose body is strong. It can be very weak in love. Look for someone that can love, can bear. This is not relationship month, but to illustrate. We'll get there in May month. <laughs> Are you ready to carry what Jesus gives you? And so... Maybe I just want to encourage some of you. Maybe you've taken shots. 
taking shots on your journey as a disciple. You've taken shots from the enemy and some knives from your friends in the back. Push through, bear, forgive, love, serve. The Holy Spirit will help you and he will help me. Because there is someone who did all of this for you. Where will I get the strength? Where will I look when I don't know what to do? I will look to him. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued. Love bears all things. Entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And by his wounds, you have been healed. He came with kindness and loved me when I was still an enemy. Who does that? He did not come to compete with me. He does not constantly measure me. He knows I fail. So what does he do? He comes in my place. He serves me with his whole life. He dies, gives his life to me. He imputes his great, perfect life. He gives it to me so that when I go to the Father, I've got something on me. What is it? Nothing that I did. The perfect life of the Son is on me, and I arrive there. The Father says, oh, the Son also covered you. served us. He serves us with his love and with forgiveness. And then he carries us. And when you fall, he picks you up. You sin again, you repent, you are there. He cares, he washes, he serves, he endures. Why? Because he loves you and gives you and me the opportunity to in a small way, small and fractured way, walk out of this building and represent him to a town which maybe will ask, who are these people? What drink in the And then if you get a moment, you can say, listen, don't think I'm perfect, but I was loved by someone perfect. He's still building a relationship with me. And his name is Jesus. And you know what? He's got an invitation for you as well. I'm just spilling over the little bit that I can, but I have received magnitudes upon volumes of love and kindness from him. So as in Corinth, let's be different. Let's be different than what this town wants us to be and shows us to be. You just walk past the restaurants drive around and you will know what this town asks of you. The kingdom asks something different of you. As a church, we want to be different. Let's pray this morning. Let's pray this morning. I know as fathers and mothers, when I use that example of the, the trampoline in the sun, some of us, I saw that look of conviction like sharks. 
One of the greatest things you and I have is to be responsive before the Lord. If you sit here this morning and you're like, Lord, I really need help in this area, you're at a good place. You cry to Him for help, He will respond. Not only will He help you with a thing, He'll come into your life. He is the desire of your heart. He does not give the desire of your heart. It is Him you long for. So Lord, I just want to thank you this morning that we get to know you. Because one thing is for sure, that is we don't deserve you. Oh, but you love us so much. And so we receive that kindness this morning. We also want to receive the fact that you love us and that you serve us, that you wash us. You wash the feet of the disciples and you wash us daily. You are good to us. You care for us. You do nice things for us. Because you love us. And thank you for bearing with me, Lord. Thank you for bearing with us. Because if we are honest, we need a God that will bear with us because we are. We are known to the depths of our hearts, even the parts of us that's dark and evil, but yet we are loved to the skies. Isn't that incredible? The one who fully knows you, loves you. And for a moment, I just want you to sit here and receive the love of the Lord. I I just want you to receive it because many of us here, once that person got to know you, they backed off. Okay? Once their relationship got serious, they changed their tune. So as you, as they knew you more, they backed off. God is different. He's not a human. As you open up, He comes in. And so I want you this morning to say, Lord, I receive that love. Just where you are sitting, won't you just whisper, Yet I can fang my ogen, die liefde. It's freely given. And then I want us to pray. So Lord, help us to bring your kindness into our homes. Into our businesses. For a moment, maybe just see your family before your eyes. Say, Yere, help my own with the remains of Frilic to this and live like. And then, we don't need deliverance for this. Just the honest prayer. Say, Lord, deliver me from all envy. No one can pray that prayer for you. If you want to be free, you have to do it yourself. Say, Lord, you take that thing out of my heart. Because love does not envy. Make me a servant of my community, not a competitor.
you will be free in the Lord. And then as you are sitting there, say, thank you, Jesus, that you commit to me and that you carry me, that you bear all things with me. Maybe you even want to repent of a sin again, thousands of times. The Lord, I'm bringing this thing to you again. You're so good to me. Maybe you are here this morning and you've had thoughts of just ejecting wherever you are placed. It's maybe a place where you can be your family, can be a friendship, and you're just thinking, you know what, I am fed up. I had enough. I'm out. Will you check with the Lord and say, Lord, maybe it's time for me to go all in? To love and serve. Close that back door that back door in your marriage. You're not going anywhere. You're going to bear it. You're going to love. So many wonderful things to work on. It's the kindness, the patience. Pour it in. Take it in. Ask, ask the Lord for His help. He will help you. see the Lord is just touching people and people are praying and so just where you are sitting just receive his love this morning then there's some people here this morning you are unkind to yourself you are full of resentment for yourself because of the decisions you've made you boy give on yourself Go to the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Ask Him for help. And move forward. He will help you. You cannot pray for a better past. Okay? That's done. Ask Him to help you as of today going forward. Receive His guidance. Precious Holy Spirit, thank you that everyone here can have direct relationship with you. and Do not have to go through a priest or a pastor. And so I pray that you'll work with your people. Even this week that you would love and care and lead these wonderful people. We have a great helper, Holy Spirit, and we just honor you. And we have respect for you. Thank you that we got to be together this morning grow in the love, the kindness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, everyone. We're going to hang around in front if you want to say hi or if you need to receive.